Hey guys, I hope you had a, uh, an awesome week last week. Man, what a phenomenal word God gave us uh, on, on kingdom culture. And, and I really believe that, that the kingdom culture, the value systems of the kingdom is being established in Life Church Global. And so today we, we're going to continue with on the, on the, on the, on the, um, the, the series of kingdom dynamics. And, the, and in the kingdom dynamics series, we're on a subject called um, kingdom culture. In kingdom culture, today we're going to deal with the subject of honor. Right? Kingdom means the king's domain or the, the king's, the realm in which the king has dominion. Alright, so when we say kingdom of heaven, we're talking about the, the, the domain, the realm in which God's rule and reign, he has full dominion in that realm. And so when we, we talk about kingdom culture, this is what we're talking about. The king's realm where Jesus is king. God is king. Jesus is God and God is king above all kings. And in this realm, he is, he has, uh, he is king. He has a government and he has laws and commands in place. And those who are, uh, who are born from above, uh, you know, born again, you, if you're born again, if you're born from above, you are from his kingdom. And that kingdom has a culture in place. And if you understand what culture means, culture is a social behavior of an individual or a group of people who, whose behavior is based on a value on certain values now if you are from uh, if you are from above if you're from the kingdom of heaven now there are certain values that are operated in in the kingdom of heaven these values are practiced or applied in their life based on what people value about god and so when people in in the kingdom of heaven whoever is part of that kingdom practices or applies these values in heaven, now there, there is a, a culture that is formed. That culture is the atmosphere of heaven. That culture, it, when people walk into Life Church Global, we have a, a, a culture of joy. We have a culture of life. You walk in, nobody is depressed. Why? Because we're full of life. We're full of joy. So, so in the same way, whenever people experience heaven, they experience the culture of the kingdom. The culture of the kingdom is that there's no sickness in the kingdom. That's, that's part of, it's a value system, right? It's a part of the value. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There's no sadness in heaven. There's no depression in heaven. I can keep going. There's no tears in heaven, right? And so we, we, have, uh, we have a realm where Jesus is king. And because he is king, his rule, his laws, his commandments are, are what people apply, what is what people practice. They apply those. And now when they apply that, there's a certain behavior. There's a certain way that they conduct themselves. If you're from heaven, there's a certain way that you conduct yourself. And now Jesus, when he said, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, he's talking about the culture of heaven on the earth. Now, Paul um, is um, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, Paul says that you are citizens of heaven. And also in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20, Paul says that you are ambassadors of Christ. 
So being a citizen, you have certain values that you, uh, there are certain laws and there are certain commandments and there are certain values that you have as a citizen of heaven. When God sent you to the earth, he sent you on the earth so that you could live those values that are in heaven on the earth. But you also came, you've been sent on an assignment. You're not here on the earth for a holiday. You're not here on the earth because you're just passing through time. And God wasn't bored with you in heaven and said, okay, I'm going to send you to another planet and you stay there now and pass your time. And when the time is right, I'll call you back. A lot of people think that we're just passing through this phase called earth. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not a phase. You're here on an assignment. And so a citizen and an ambassador of heaven, uh, as, as a citizen and an ambassador of heaven, our assignment is to manifest heaven on earth. We're not here to waste time. We're not here to come for, to check out the earth as a holiday. We're here as an assignment to transform the earth and make it like heaven. Now, as citizens, it's very important for us to know what our value system is. Because if I know what my value system, where where I come from, if I know what the value system is, then it is easy for me to operate here. It is easy for me to apply that value system here on the earth. Now, Paul says that transformation comes through the renewing of your mind. So, so if my mind is renewed with the values of heaven, then I am transformed. I hope you understand that, right? Transformation does not come through application of the value system. Please listen to me very carefully. Transformation comes through the renewing of your mind. So we, we, we're, we're in the world, we, were, we, we have the value system of the world that has, that has created a culture that we live in. Every time we release that value system and take on the value system of, the, of heaven, our mind gets renewed by the values of heaven. Those values of heaven, when they go deep into your heart, exactly like Matthew 13, when they go deep into your heart, they begin to produce a behavior. That behavior is produ- that behavior produces or reveals the culture of heaven. Now, you must understand that in order for you to be transformed, all it needs is for your mind to be renewed with the mind of Christ. You are called, you are of Christ because you have his value system. Now, because you are on the earth and you have a value system and now you're transformed, you're also on an assignment on the earth as an ambassador of Christ. When you are an ambassador of Christ on the earth, there comes an authority to bring heaven and manifest heaven and superimpose heaven over every circumstance and situation in your life and in your city, right? That does not look like heaven. As an ambassador, you have the authority, the same authority that Christ has to bring, to manifest heaven on the earth. How does that happen? It happens when you as an ambassador apply 
the renewed mind of Christ in your life. As an ambassador, you have you have the authority. You're sent from heaven with with an assignment. My assignment is to is to make the earth like heaven. Every area of my life needs to be like heaven. When a person looks at me, they need to know that I'm from another world. They cannot figure me out. Why? Is because they're looking at me with the lens of the kingdom. But for for you and I who are citizens born from above we have citizenship in heaven our minds are renewed by god's word when our minds are renewed by god's word now we have an assignment as an ambassador on the earth and as an ambassador on the earth as i start applying the word of god as i start applying the 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 values of heaven on the earth now the values the kingdom the atmosphere of heaven is ushered into that situation and you must understand that the kingdom the values of the kingdom supersede every other values of any other kingdom on the earth and so what it does is it every time you apply the values of the kingdom because you're an ambassador and you have the authority of heaven on earth now you the values the kingdom of heaven superimposes itself and brings transformation so that wherever you are it is as it is in heaven it's very important that you understand this because this is the foundation of the kingdom of god on earth as it is in heaven you know our lives are transformed by the renewed mind that is a work of grace we don't work at it he works in us our minds are renewed when we receive the word clean heart my position clean heart before god i receive the word um, my mind is renewed now the word begins to work in my life it begins to work in me and it begins to transform me and make me like Christ when i'm transformed into the image and likeness of Christ now i carry Christ's responsibility on the earth and that is to be an ambassador when i step on the earth as an ambassador i'm extending the boundaries of the kingdom of god on earth wherever i go heaven goes with me come on somebody you you got you got you have to be excited about this word right now wherever you go the kingdom is going with you the kingdom is being ushered with you the authority of heaven is over your life you're not just anybody you are somebody to heaven angels are watching you they're ministering to you they're supporting you they're waging war against every enemy that comes to attack you why because you're an ambassador what is in heaven happens in your life because you are an ambassador of Christ come on somebody you've got to be excited to be an ambassador of Christ being an ambassador of Christ is not an evangelical term it's a biblical term <laughs> it's not about evangelism it is about understanding that where you are heaven is you're not ushering heaven anymore you're taking heaven forward you're bringing the kingdom of heaven forward jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail why because the kingdom is advancing see the kingdom of god will advance in your life only when you understand that you're a citizen and an ambassador not just a citizen of heaven but you're a citizen and 
an ambassador of heaven. So, how does God want to transform the earth? It's very important that we understand how earthly kingdoms, you know, extend their kingdom. When an earthly king wants to, wants to extend his kingdom, he wages war. He goes and he fights the other king and his army over, you know, it, 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 they, they wage war, they kill, they steal, they destroy and they overtake another kingdom and then he imposes his rule and reign over that that kingdom so the people begin to because they want to live uh, and they, they need food and they need clothing they need shelter they need their homes they need their livestock their livestock so what they do is they allow that king to rule over them some kings you know make them slaves and, and you know it's, it's absolutely crazy. we've seen we've seen it in history but the kingdom of God is a little different the culture of heaven which supersedes every other culture brings transformation in a different way. It doesn't come to oppose another kingdom, but it comes to influence. It comes to serve. It comes to, uh, uh, to it, it comes in a in a peaceful way. It doesn't come to wage war, but it comes to add value to the existing kingdoms that are already there. This is a very different, it's, a, it, it's completely opposite to how the world, the world's kingdoms function. But one of the ways, you know, we, we, it's important for us to know that the kingdom of God advances. It's very important. But how it advances is even more important. See, for us, we can look at the kingdoms of the world and say, yeah, God, is let the violent take it by force. Ladies and gentlemen, the kingdom of God is just the opposite. We must understand that how the kingdom transforms is as important as the kingdom transforms. How the kingdom transforms, today we're going to deal with one of the ways that the, as to how the kingdom transforms. And that is a culture of honor. I'm teaching you about how the, the values of heaven are being, being applied on the earth. Okay, I'm showing you that now. So, so which means I need to show you what is happening in heaven. And when it's applied on the earth, it brings transformation on the earth. It's very important that you keep these two things. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth function parallel to one another. Whatever happens in heaven, the will of God, the, the, the rule of God, when it's applied on the earth with key individuals, not just anybody, you have to be a citizen and an ambassador. It is only through that, that point of contact that the kingdom of heaven ushers in. The kingdom of God comes in and takes over. Alright? So, saying that, I want us to go to Revelation chapter 4. I know that we've read this in the context of worship, but today I'm going to present something to you uh, that will really help us understand uh, honor better. So we're going to read a, a good portion of scripture and I'll, I'll, we'll take it from there, okay? Revelation chapter 4 from verse 1. It says this, After these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. 
All right. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take, must take place after this. Just listen to the language. It's very, very important. He's saying this. So John is having an encounter with, with heaven. Right? He's having an encounter with the realm of the spirit. So he's, he's on the island of Patmos. He's sitting down in prison. And while he's in prison, he has the realm of the spirit opens up to him. So he can, he can see with his eyes his, the, the realm of the spirit. And he hears a voice and he sees, he, he sees a door, a door standing open. Okay, which means something, there was something that was the door between the physical and the spirit. That door is Jesus. So Jesus was the door that John looked into the spirit realm with. Okay, so as he looked into the spirit realm, he could see the door standing open, which means the door was, was standing, like there, it was a door. There was a man, his name was Jesus, and he was standing open. And through him, Jesus could see, uh, John could see the realm of the spirit, okay, the kingdom of heaven. And when he saw the door, now he heard a voice which sounded like a trumpet saying, come up here. Which means John, heaven does not force you to come up. Heaven empowers you to make a choice to enter into the realm of the spirit. Come on now. You must understand how it works. The, the realm of the, the honor works very differently. Honor, heaven honors you. Because you are a person of authority on the earth. You're an ambassador. You're, not just, a, you're just, not just an ordinary person. You're a person that carries authority of heaven on the earth. And so this is an invitation saying, please make the choice to come up here now. Because God wants to show you the things that are going to happen. Right? So John had to make a decision to enter through the door. Right? No one comes to the Father but by but through me, right? That's what is Jesus. So now John makes the decision to enter through the door into the realm, the domain of heaven. Okay? So we're praying, we're believing God for heaven to manifest on the earth, right? And so Jesus says, my kingdom has come. So which means this was not in the sky, this was on the earth. This heaven the realm of the spirit was not up in the sky it was here it was in prison <laughs> so which means jesus says the kingdom is at hand what is what does that mean it, it means it's just here you can grab it you can hold on to it it's all around you the kingdom is a realm of the spirit when the spirit came and descended on the 12 disciples ladies and gentlemen the realm of the spirit came the kingdom has come which means it's here. It's not up in the sky. So don't look up every time you want to pray. <laughs> Just know that the realm of the spirit is all around you. It's right here. The realm of the spirit. Wherever you're sitting right now. The realm of the spirit is right there. And through Jesus, you can access that realm. Not through fasting, not through prayer, not through any other means, not through worship, through Jesus.
which means he is the door, right? Now he says, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Which means the realm of the spirit was the, was the model that an ambassador looks at and says, okay, as it is in heaven, so shall it be on the earth. So what John is seeing happening is going to take place because John is the one who institutes it. When he wrote the book of Revelation, whatever was meant to happen in heaven came into the physical. So whoever reads the book of Revelation today now can experience what John was experiencing. Why? Because he created. This is the door. Now, the door which he saw is now here on pages. And so through this door now, you can actually access the realm of the... Oh, come on. You can actually access the realm of the Spirit through the Word. Right? And so now, he's showing him, Hey John, I want to show you what is happening in heaven. Okay? Just, you, just watch now. A lot of times people look at this and they teach about worship. Holy, holy, holy. It's about worship. But I want to show you that what he was trying to show him was different. It was not about worship. It was about honor. And so verse 2 says, Immediately, not after 40 days of prayer. <laughs> Do you understand? When, when, when heaven begins to operate, things happen instantly. John wasn't fasting and praying for 40 days and then this happened. Come on now. He made a decision. Come up here. I am coming up here now. Finished. That's it. That's, that's it. I'm in the realm of the spirit. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, which means he's looking. A throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Which means what God wanted John to see was the most beautiful part of heaven. The most, it's, it's where all the action is taking place. It's the source of life itself. It's where the presence of God is. The throne of God. All the action in heaven is happening around that, that one main spot. That's what God wanted him to see. Okay. So then, then he goes on to describe now what he's seeing. Verse 3. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. Okay, he's now describing God. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And on those thrones I saw 24 elders sitting. Sitting, very important. Clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their heads. Verse 5, and from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings and voices. This is absolutely phenomenal because in the realm of the spirit, it is not quiet. I've been to churches where they've, they've put a sign. Please switch your phones off and stay quiet. Don't bring children in the main sanctuary because they make a lot of noise. God is in this place. Be quiet. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you look at this, there's thunderings. God's, it's the most inner, inner, this is the, action place okay lots of noise and from the throne this is from the throne not the angels are making noise 
the throne, God himself is noisy. Okay? And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings and voices. Not one voice, voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Whew. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in the front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature had the face of a man, like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. 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 The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Verse 9. Watch verse 9. Whenever the living creatures give glory, glory, and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying you are worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Wow, this is phenomenal. There's, there's so much of action happening in this in this chapter right now. And this is the first time I've ever read a full chapter in uh, during one of my sermons. So, so this is going to be a long message. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't worry about it. When I read this with the lens of the values of heaven being on earth, I'm not seeing God revealing worship. Worship in the sense how we, we've always spoken about worship. Like, okay, let's sing a song. Yeah, they are, they are worshiping God with the expression of song, with the expression of words. But I'm seeing God revealing the culture of heaven to John. What's the culture of heaven? Glory, honor. So glory, God is revealing his glory in the realm of the spirit. So if you're not in the realm of the spirit, would you see the glory? If you're not in the spirit on the Lord's day, would you be able to see his glory? No. So which means in order for us to see glory, we need to be in the spirit who is in us. I know, I know, I know. It's kind of like, ah, what are you saying? Don't worry about it. You'll get it. He will reveal it to you. But we see that the, the culture of heaven, the atmosphere, the behavior pattern, the social behavior of an individual or group of people that has a certain, that, 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 that their behavior is based on a value system. Right? That's what I'm talking about right now. Where God is revealing glory. So every time God reveals glory, pay attention now. Every time God reveals glory, He expands the boundary of your mind. 
Every time he expands the boundary of your mind, there is a revelation of glory that he reveals from who he is to you. Why? So that every time you see him as he is, you become as he is. So there's a good intention. So there's goodness that comes from the throne of God. So God's intention is good. Why? Because he reveals glory with the intention of you becoming glorious. Okay? So now we see that God reveals, but then there's a response from the saints and the angels. The saints and the angels, when they receive a revelation of God's glory, their mind is stretched. Ah, I did not, wow, you are phenomenal. Oh my gosh, you are so glorious. So they, they fall down. They have nothing else to do, but they fall down. The, the most honorable thing they could do is take a crown of glory that God gave them and lay it at his feet and they worship him. Now, whenever glory is released, the only worthy response is honor. Whenever glory is revealed, the only worthy response of God is honor. So what is glory? Glory means the revelation of someone's worth or God's goodness or God's worth. Whenever you see the God revealing himself, he's revealing his worth to you. That's why they sing, you are worthy. So whenever God reveals his glory, honor means that I am esteeming that revelation higher than anything else I've ever received in my life. So the glory of God is a manifestation. He's revealing himself to you, stretching your mind. Ah, stretching your mind. And the only worthy response is, God, what you've just revealed to me, I place such a high value on it that I will apply it in my life immediately. This to me means everything. That is honor. That is given to God's glory. And so the elders now, they have a revelation of God and the highest value is placed on God's glory. When God receives their honor, he reveals greater glory. See, a lot of times Christians are very happy with creating a value for transformation in the sense that they, we, we, we love the glory of God. We receive the glory of God. We receive the expanded mind. Our minds are renewed. Our, our lives are transformed. Great. That's awesome. But you settle there. But if you want to grow from glory to glory, you have to understand that there's a value of honor that you need to have. And when you have a value of honor to esteem God's glory, now you move into a greater realm of glory. And this God has been doing for as long as you can think, for as long as possible. And it will go on for eternity. Why? It's because God is outside of time. So you look at Ezekiel, you, you look at, you look at uh, John, they're all having the same sort of revelation. They're having the same sort of visitation. And it's the same thing that's going on. God revealing and people responding to God with honor. See, honor is always rooted in love. 
honor whenever i communicate my honor for you if it is not rooted in love it's flattery and so here these people are so grateful the 24 elders are so grateful to god because those 24 seats that they have was by grace and so there they're sitting down they realize wow we get to see god as he is we get to see his glory as he is and he's not he's not stingy with his glory he he gives you the whole shebang this is who i am and so when they see that the only natural not supernatural the natural response is to give honor god i esteem this word of glory this revelation of glory higher than any other word that i've ever received and so when you place that value on god's glory now he reveals greater glory and so now there's more honor that is given so to so you have so they're teaching us the culture of heaven if you want to grow from glory to glory on the earth it always starts with receiving glory and giving honor saying that christians oftentimes create an appetite for breakthrough in their life but they don't create an appetite for the culture that brings everlasting breakthrough breakthrough supernatural uh, miracle signs wonders healing is a natural occurrence to those who are from heaven which means i don't get surprised when there's miracles that take place i don't get surprised when there's healing that takes place it's a natural occurrence so which means for us as children of god citizens of heaven ambassadors of of christ we've got to create an appetite we've got to create that appetite for the supernatural to be very natural in our lives we've got to create not one time breakthrough but i've got to create a, a an atmosphere i've got to create a, a a culture around me that is constantly producing miracle signs and wonders not me but the the culture around me so which means that culture is dependent on a value system now if you understand what i was teaching right now about honor honor is esteeming or placing higher value on the glory of god on revelation so when you're receiving this revelation if you're just sitting there going yeah i i agree with that i'm saying an amen because it makes sense to me then you are in religion your mind is not expanding your mind has to be stretched it needs to be difficult it needs to be i can't like ah this is so hard for me that's when you're receiving revelation that's when your mind is being challenged to and to be renewed by the word of god if we say amen to something that i already know it's not new glory it's not new revelation it's old revelation but when i say amen my amen is god's amen that i've that my mind is stretched i don't fully get it but my mind is stretched i've received that word now that word i'm saying amen to that glory why because i've placed a higher value on that glory being manifested in my life i hope you get what i'm saying 
When I say amen to a word I don't fully understand, I'm saying, God, you are bigger than me. You are greater than me. You are more glorious than me. I don't fully get it, but I'm placing a higher value on what I've just received. That in itself will expand you to receive more glory. When you receive the second, the increased level of glory, now you fully understand what the previous realm was. Come on now. Come on, we're going from level to level, guys. We're going deeper in revelation now. This is the, the mystical side of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is very mystical. It's very different. Oftentimes, people have tried to settle for less by trying to answer questions of the earth that God is not answering. For example, why does God, uh, you know, I get questions like this. Why, 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 does, why, why, why do people not get healed? Why do some people not get healed? And, and, and for, for too long, we've created the theology around what God is not doing rather than what God has done. <laughs> we've created a doctrine in our lives. We've created a behavior pattern around what God does not do and does not explain rather than what he is doing and explaining. Theology is the study of God. What is God doing? The study of God. Are you studying Him or what He's not doing? And so as we become critiques of of the church that, that operates in miracle signs and wonders, right? And when it does not happen to people, we try to answer those questions. When God is saying, listen, I'm mystical. You will not get it. Your mind is too small to fathom how great I am. That's when honor is required. Honor says, I don't get it. I really don't understand how Burger King appears in front of my door. I don't get it. But it's glory. It's glorious. We must understand, ladies and gentlemen, that you and I are the wineskin that God prepares. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're the where the realm of the spirit comes and lives. The realm, the king's domain is in you and me. This is the realm of the spirit. And we must understand that for far too long, we've been looking at the outside of the temple and honoring the temple, but not the builder of the temple. For far too long, we've been too bothered about the wineskin and trying to fix the wineskin and trying to do this and that to the wineskin and not really honoring what is in the wineskin or what the wineskin contains. See, I want want Life Just Global to come back to what it really needs to be about. It's about what's in the wineskin that carries most honor. It's what's in the temple that carries more honor than the temple itself. You know, I, I really believe that, that the, builder of the, of the, uh, the builder of the building has more honor than the building itself. And so we must understand that God, God has placed His Spirit on the inside of every single Christian. Every single person who is born from above has been given new life because the Spirit comes and lives on the inside of them.
It is not the just the vessel that requires honor, but it is we must understand when we honor people, we are honoring who is in them. Because why? Because that's the culture of heaven. That's the atmosphere of heaven. That is the value system of heaven. And as how I know that you're a citizen of heaven and how I know that your mind is renewed by the value system of heaven is when you start living according to the values of heaven on the earth. When you start honoring, when you start, your, your communication, your language is different. You're not honoring people but you're honoring God in people. You're not, you're not, just, you're, you're not looking at, at just a person on the outside, but you're, but you're seeing the glory that is on the inside of them. See, in our church, we have a value. We call it the greatness in, in, in one another. And the reason why is because we have to look beyond the facade. We have to look beyond the character flaws. I feel like John Cena all of a sudden. We have to look beyond the, the physical flaws and, the, and the, you know, the pop marks and the, the dark circles around the eyes and, and, and the weight gain and the weight loss and, and oh wow, look at my tricep, oh look at my bicep, oh, oh look at no sep at all. <laughs> Whatever it is, we, we have to look beyond the temple. We have to look beyond the wineskin and see the glory. See, we can only see the glory if we're in the Spirit. We can only see the glory in one another if we are in the kingdom, in the realm of the Spirit. Christians are in the Spirit realm. But they, are, they, they have the values of the world still in their mind. They have an unrenewed mind. And so because of that, they don't see the glory of God in their brothers and sisters. When you don't see the glory of God in your brothers and sisters and you only see the flaws, that's when you will start reacting to the flaws rather than responding to the glory. This is huge for us, ladies and gentlemen. This culture of heaven, this, the, we need to apply the value systems of heaven on the earth because your citizenship demands it. You're a citizen of heaven. You're not of the earth. You are of heaven. And if you are of heaven, then you need to conduct yourself the way you would in heaven. I have a question for you. you are, your boss at work that you're really upset with, what if both of you were in heaven right now? How would you treat him? I'll wait for a few seconds because it needs to sink in. That husband or wife, you know, that you, you, you really had this misunderstanding and ah, all of that kind of stuff. Do misunderstandings happen in heaven? No, they don't. We're, this is the standard. We're, we're citizens of heaven now. It is, it's, it's higher. Why do misunderstandings happen on earth? Because the wisdom of the world is, is complicating the wisdom of heaven that you have. It's confusing you. And so that's why we fight with one another. But if you understand that you're in heaven, seated in Christ in heavenly places, and Christ is in you on earth, how would you treat Christ in heaven? So why wouldn't you treat your brother and sister the same way you would treat Christ in heaven? 
is because you can't see Christ on the earth. And the reason why you can't see Christ on the earth is because you are in the flesh and not in the spirit. Come on now, this word is awesome. <laughs> it's challenging. It's stretching. What are you getting to? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, hey, listen. The church is a vessel that dispenses. It's a, it's a dispenser of the glory of God. It's the place where you come to learn the values of heaven. It's not just, I, I, it's just, oh wow, Pastor, you know, that, that's a good word. It's just a quote that you take and you put on Facebook and Instagram and, and you know, you're, wow, you know, my life has changed. Wow, wow. No, no, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. You are coming to church. You are going to church. You're sitting now in church because you value, you honor God's glory. And the way you honor God's glory is by creating an appetite for glory, appetite for revelation of His glory. Every time he reveals his glory, your natural response is to honor. And honor in heaven, if you look at how the, the, the saints and, uh, and, and the, the elders and the angels respond to God, is they just, there is an act to the heart attitude of honor. It's not just spoken of, oh, pastor, you know, I honor you, pastor. You know, pastor, wow, man, you, you deserve honor, pastor. No, no. Honor is not just spoken of. Honor is acted out. They take the, the most, the thing that is most precious to them. You know, these people, these four and twenty elders, the, the, the twenty-four elders, they've suffered, man. They, you look at the disciples, almost all of them were, were martyred. They're sitting there. They have those twelve, the, the crown on their head. They, they've, they've, they've reached... They've reached the place that they need to be in. They're sitting in authority. They're sitting around the throne of God. It's like the most prestigious place for any Christian. And in that place, they see him and they feel like the glory that they have needs to be at his feet. He is worthy of the glory that they have received. Come on. So the previous glory, the revelation that you receive in order for you to grow from glory to glory, you've got to take that glory and respond to God with honor so that you can receive another realm of glory. Come on, church. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. I'm telling you. When you are on the earth, if your mind is filled with only things of the earth, you'll behave earthly. But if you are constantly in the realm of the Spirit, your eyes are opened to see and hear the value system of heaven. That's when your mind gets renewed and now when you start applying the word in your life, not practicing the word, applying the word. Practicing means there's a test that is coming. Applying means I'm a citizen and I know my rights. So when I apply the word in my life, everything that is not of God, not of heaven, begins to change and become like heaven. Just think about that husband that is acting like the devil. <laughs> if you want him to change, keep your eyes focused on the glory of God in him. And begin to respond with honor. You might say, well, you know, well, well, he doesn't deserve honor. He 
you want them to change? Honor. You want your pastor to change? Honor. <laughs> Honor is the key. You can say, well, you know, Pastor, honor is earned. That's the wisdom of the world. The reason why we honor one another is not because you deserve it, but because we are honorable people. I'll repeat that again. The reason why we honor people, even though they don't deserve it, is because we are honorable people. I am a citizen of heaven. I was created in honor. I was created in the presence of God. I was created in, with the word of God. What dwells in me is glory. So whenever I respond to glory, when I communicate, I'm releasing honor so that I tap into the glory that is in your life. You may not see it, but I see it. You may not see glory in me. You may be in the flesh. That's not a problem. But after today's word, when you begin to see the glory of God on the inside of me, on the inside of Kelsey, on the inside of Emmanuel and Talent, on the inside of Murli, on the inside of Rabin, on the inside of Chris, when you begin to see the glory of God and you respond with honor, not because they've served in church, but because they have glory on the inside of them and because you're an honorable person. Now, guess what? Guess who improves? You do. Because the glory of God, you get a fresh revelation. Wow! That guy does not deserve glory. But how good is God? Wow, he's so good. It's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. I'm seeing a good God on the inside of this man. I'm seeing a good God on the inside of this woman. I cannot do harm to you. I cannot speak a bad word against you. Why? It's because if I, I'm seeing glory on the inside of you. If we can only see glory on the inside of each and every person in our life, we will begin to respond with honor. Honor is not earned. But honor is given because you're an honorable person. I want to show this to you in, 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 in David, David's life, you know, in 1 Samuel. I'll just, just for time's sake, I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase the story. In 1 Samuel, you can read it when you go home. 1 Samuel chapter 24, when you're at home, you know. Um, see, I'm in the spirit. I'm in the spirit. This is church to me. <laughs> when, when, you, uh, when you read 1 Samuel 24 from verses 1 to 7, the story is this, that Saul, King Saul is chasing after David. And now uh, he, he wants to um, use the bathroom and he wants to relieve himself. You know, it's not, it's not a, sometimes the Bible makes me laugh because it's very picturesque, you know what I mean? It's very vivid, these things. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a visual guy, you know. And so uh, they, they're in the desert and, you know, he's a king and he needs some privacy to go to the bathroom. And so now he enters this cave and he doesn't know that David and all his men are on the inside of the cave. And so Saul now goes there. Can you imagine you want to go to the bathroom and relieve yourself and somebody standing there watching you? Oh my God, this is absolutely crazy. So Saul has no clue. And so he's relieving himself and David's men come to him and said, this is your chance. God gave you a word. They even remind him of prophetic words. 
like God gave you, take him out. He's your enemy. Take him out. Kill him. Speak that bad word against him. Gossip against him. Say things against him. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You have a prophetic word. You are right. He is wrong. You are justified. Do it. And David goes and I don't know, maybe it was the smell, I think. But he goes next to him and Saul, can you imagine? It's such a moment that he doesn't even know there's a guy right behind him. Just cut. It's in that moment that David... David takes the hem of his garment, smelly as it may be, and he cuts the hem of his garment. And when he cuts the hem of his garment, he is struck in his heart. Because in that moment, when he did that, David knew that he had touched the anointed of the Lord. He had not touched him with honor, but dishonor. See, a lot of times we do things. We give into church. We we come and we give, but there's no honor in the way we give. David, you must understand, God had rejected Saul as a king when he anointed David to be king of Israel. It's his rightful place. How does he become king? Kill the other one. Wisdom of the world. Become king by killing the other one and now you'll take the throne. But David knew that God had anointed Saul to be king. And it was God's responsibility to take him out. Come on, man. A lot of times we look at people who are anointed of the Lord and we decide because of their character flaws, we decide now it's time for us to let us as the board of directors throw the pastor out. Let us come together and and assembly and we'll together one, one vote. We'll just remove this. We'll do this and we'll throw this and we'll do that. And not realizing that God anointed him. And David says, how can I touch the anointed of the Lord? This is phenomenal. Because he knows that the same anointing that was on Saul was the same anointing that was on him. Come on, man. And if he had touched him, if he had killed him, he was tainting that anointing that was upon his life. Come on now. We must understand that what, what David, if David dishonored Saul as a king when he was anointed by God, if David dishonored him, he was dishonoring what was in Saul. It's the wine in the wineskin that is precious, that deserves honor. And so David now realized if I touch him, if I kill him, how can I, even to, even to cut a small piece of his garment, he was struck in his heart. Which means David had such a high value for the anointing that was in Saul. Not just Saul as a man, but who God was in Saul. And that is a clear difference between a person who Saul did not deserve honor. But David was an honorable person. 
and because he was an honorable man he chose to honor God in Saul he chose to honor God's choice over Saul even though God had rejected Saul you must understand David did not know that only Samuel knew it so to David this man is still the anointed of the Lord and so David now runs after Saul and says please forgive me look i could have killed you but look this is your garment he says hey listen why are you trying to kill me and he makes peace with Saul that day you must understand in few chapters later king Saul dies and eventually David becomes king over all of Israel and for far too long we kill the very blessing because of dishonor the very blessing that we're meant to inherit and manifest in our life we kill it because firstly we're not in time when god had given you a certain time just remember the angel said come up here and i will show you things that are about to happen see if you're in the realm of the spirit and you're constantly looking at what god is doing and what god wants to do on the earth you're not in a hurry you're not in a rush you're not trying to force things you're not trying to hey you know i, I, I want to get a passport i want to get a visa i want to do this i want to get that job and i want to get that job and i want to do this no i want to know what god is doing i want to know what is in heaven why it's because i'm on an assignment i'm not on a holiday this is not my will but your will be done And so we see now Jesus demonstrating this beautifully in his life. I want you to go uh, to John chapter 13. Uh, keep your Bible open at John 13, but I want to bring to your attention one verse. In Matthew 22, I think it's 22. You can correct me if I'm wrong. The correct verse will come up on the screen, okay? Jesus is talking about the greatest commandment and he says this he says love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength all your might okay and then he says so he says love the lord your god and then he says love your neighbor as yourself okay so in in the in the, in the two commandments the trinity is explained okay love the lord your god love your neighbor as yourself so which means if my love for god is displayed in my love for my neighbor the honor that i have for god is displayed in the honor that i have for my neighbor but the honor for my neighbor is displayed by the honor that i have for myself most times people dishonor one another because they don't have honor for themselves and the reason why they don't have honor for themselves is because truly they don't have any honor for god you have the concept of honor but not the value you go, you you're a christian for many years i get it you, you you're a conceptual christian <laughs> but but you have no value in the kingdom when i say value it's not i'm not saying god does not have a value for you it just means that 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 you don't have a value you don't live according to the values of heaven on earth so saying that 
the greatest commandment, right? So Jesus is saying, hey, hey guys, I'm giving you a new commandment. Hello, this is happening right now. Love the Lord your God. And he says this, listen, listen to me very carefully. He says this, on these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. So he's not saying this is the new commandment. This is not the new covenant, sorry. <laughs> so he's saying, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. On these hang the law and the prophets. Old covenant. I want to take you to a new covenant. New commandment, okay? New commandment. Go to John chapter 13 and we'll read from verse 31. Verse 31. He says, when, so when he had gone out, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified. And God is glorified in him. Okay? Just remember, John is seeing the, the revelation of heaven. Okay, you must understand, John, this book is written after the book of Revelation was written. Okay? So now John is saying, now the Son of Man is glorified. Okay, that word glorified over there means honor. So it means God has honored the Son of Man, okay, which is Jesus. And God is glorified in Him, which means Jesus has done something that God has honored. So Jesus has done something in that, in that moment because He says, now the Son of Man is glorified. In that moment, Jesus did something that God honored. Jesus. God placed a high value on what Jesus did, right? So I'm, I'm going to get to it, okay? He says, if God is glorified in him, that's Jesus, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Now, I know this is very deep, okay? But I'll go through this next week and I will teach you this slowly. But this is like, I mean, if you can get this revelation, it's absolutely mind-blowing. Then he says this, verse 33. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me. Remember, glory is about seeing. Okay? And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you. Okay? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Okay, as I have loved you, loved you past tense, not love you or will love you in the future. I have loved you, which means he did something to demonstrate love. That you will also love one another. So he has done something to display his love that the disciples saw and now can demonstrate. They will also do the same thing. Okay, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love for one another. Right. Now I'll come to this part a little later. What has Jesus done? Okay. If you go back to the previous page <laughs> and you read from verse 18 onwards, it talks about Jesus' betrayal. It talks about this moment when Judas is carried. Judas, where Judas is carried, be betrayed Jesus. He began the betrayal at this moment. 
And this moment when Jesus is sitting with his disciples and he's breaking bread with them, right? And then he says this, verse 25. And then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? This is John the Beloved, right? And Jesus answered, It is he whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, Do what you do quickly. 28. This is the key verse. But no one at the table knew for what reason he said this to him. Okay? What I want to talk about is this moment. There was a thought that went into Judas's heart. When that thought went into Judas's heart, he was sitting with Jesus. Jesus could have exposed what was in Judas's heart. Why? Because he constantly did it with the scribes and Pharisees. Knowing what was in their heart, he would expose. He would say, why are you reasoning in your heart? Jesus did it to the scribes and Pharisees. But to Judas, he didn't do it. When the thought from the devil went into Judas's heart, Jesus, he's sitting with Jesus at the table, the closest one to him, the one who sees him as he is, the one who walked with him, the one who talked with him, the one who, who, who lived, literally lived, did life with Jesus, the best friend, friend of Jesus. Allowed the word of the devil to enter his mind. It was when he allowed the word to enter into Jesus' mind, Jesus, even though he knew it, did not expose him to the disciples. And say, hey guys, I want to tell you, I found the guy who's going to betray me and send me to the cross. You want to know? This guy sitting right here. This one. This guy. Judas. He's going to do it. He's the one. I know it. I saw it in heaven. God showed me. Judas would never have done it. Neither would the disciples allow him to do it. They would have sat on him, beat him up. Do you must understand, they were very fiercely protecting Jesus. When Jesus was taken at the garden, Peter went to the sword and cut off someone's ear, man. I believe he went for his head. But like the Matrix, he was like, he did something like that. <laughs> and then, you know, he cut his ear off, but Jesus took the ear and stitched it, I mean, just stuck it back together again. That's another whole level, another teaching altogether. But you must understand that Jesus took his body. He took the body, dipped it in the oil, which is symbolic of the anointing, and he gave it to Judas. Please listen to me very carefully. And he says, do what you need to do. Jesus took bread and broke it and said, this is my body. He dipped it in the oil, which is symbolic of the anointing. And now he gave it to Judas. And he said, eat. Everybody else's eyes were shut. But Judas was empowered to fulfill what was meant to happen. See, the devil thought he was doing something. 
but God knew what Judas needed to do. Just imagine the life that Judas would have lived. All his life, he had no clue he was going to be the one who betrayed Jesus. But it is before this could happen, Jesus washed his feet. He washed the feet of the one who was going to betray him. See, a lot of times we think betrayal is a bad thing. Until you understand that Jesus said, my body must be broken for you. We think that, that, that division is a bad thing. We think that diversity is a bad thing. But in the kingdom of God, the value system of the kingdom, you need division. You need diversity in order for there to be unity. Come on, church. I'm, I'm, I'm believing that you're getting it now. It, it is in a moment where you disagree with someone that honor is fully expressed. It is in the disagreement. It's like, ah, I don't like what you're saying, but I love you. <laughs> I disagree with your choices, but I honor God in you. It is then that Judas was empowered. Can you imagine? He needed the devil to betray the Son of God. If he was in his right mind, he would not have done it. Man, come on. A lot of times you look at betrayal as a bad, people betraying you as a bad thing. But you must understand, these people have to be so far gone. Their mind cannot be in the right place when they betray you. That's why Jesus, knowing Judas would betray him, washed his feet and honored him because he had to fulfill what was his purpose in life. You must understand, this is powerful for us. We, Jesus demonstrated that because I know you're going to betray me, I'm going to withhold love from you. I'm going to withhold honor from you. I'm going to treat you like you are you deserve to be at the back of the line. But what if I said this? What if I opened your mind to this? That it was Judas's purpose all his life to be the one that gives Jesus to the scribes and Pharisees. Just think, just think. He, he, in his right mind, yeah, I'm sure he was stealing, for sure. He was the guy who was stealing money and from the... We, oh, yeah, we know that, we know that, we know that. But in his right mind, the man was looking at the Son of God 24-7. He was with him. He would not have betrayed him unless he allowed the wisdom of the world to enter into his heart. A lot of times we experience betrayal around us and we think this guy, this lady, man, what is wrong with you? Only realizing they're not in the kingdom mind. They don't have the mind of Christ in them. But it does not mean that there's no glory. Jesus paid for Judas' sins before Judas took his own life. We never know he would have repented. 
was remorseful for what he did because Satan could have left him and, and he came to his right mind and people would have been rejecting him. Going, Judas, what have you done, man? You betrayed Jesus. You're the guy. And it's the condemnation of the church and Christians that would have driven him to hang himself on a tree. Can you imagine the, the weight of the world on this man's life? If only people around Judas would have come to him and said, hold on a minute, I think there was a problem here. I think you allowed the enemy to fill your mind. I think you allowed the enemy to, to enter into your body to be able to do something like this. Let's just sit down and process this together because we see that there's glory in you. I'm telling you, we would have had another book in the Bible. Just like Peter who betrayed Jesus became one of the super apostles, I believe that Judas would have become one of the super apostles. But it was the condemnation, the dishonor of Christians around him, the disciples around him, that would have driven him with a heavy heart to kill himself. This is what I believe. And I, I truly believe that, that there is goodness in every single person, ladies and gentlemen. There is goodness in every single person. And every Christian has betrayed another person before. You have betrayed, you have betrayed the Lord by looking at another woman lustfully. You've committed adultery in your heart by, 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 by looking at another woman with lust. You've cheated on your wife by doing that. You may not have slept with the woman, but you've already committed adultery in your heart. Jesus, the, the commandment said, do not have another idol before me. We spend more time on our phones today and we idolize celebrities more than we, we honor God. We're cheating on him. But we don't see him coming and condemning you. We don't see him saying, okay, you are not, you're, not, you're not fulfilling your purpose on the earth now. It's time for you to go. Come on. Because he's placed glory on the inside of you. He gives you his word. He says, hey, hold on. This is your choice. You're in a season now. You may not, you may not know what you're doing. You, you're in a season where you, where, where, where you allow the, the words to enter into your mind. That's caused you to become blind to the realm of the spirit. But in this season, I want to I call you back. I want to call you to see God's people as they are. I want you to see the kingdom of God. I want you to, to get a fresh revelation of what God is doing right now in your life in heaven. Look at your life in heaven. Look at what is happening in heaven. Do you have lack and, and poverty in heaven? Do you have disagreements and fights in heaven? Because if it's not happening in heaven, it shouldn't happen in your life. It's happening in your life because you are allowing your mind, the wisdom of this world to rule your life. I want to I wanna, I wanna say this in closing. That God loves you and He sees great potential on the inside of you. The reason why you have potential is because He has placed 
His spirit on the inside of you. He has placed his glory on the inside of you. He has placed his light on the inside of you. He has placed his word on the inside of you. My God, there's so much of God on the inside of you. But we live with, we live manifesting less of God and more of the world only because we fellowship with the world more than we fellowship with God. And I'm calling you into this season where honor is esteeming, giving a higher value to the revelation of glory on the inside of people around you. But you can't honor somebody else if you don't honor yourself. You've got to honor yourself. Because why, why, do you, why, why, why should I honor myself? Because God honored you enough to put His glory on the inside of you. God chose you, which means He honors you. Because He chose you, because He honors you, He will glorify you. Which means He will manifest His glory through you. If you don't see the glory on the inside of you, you will not recognize it on another person. If you don't see God in you, you will not recognize it in another person. And you will fight a losing battle. You will live a Judas lifestyle by, by living an inferior life by believing the lies of the enemy. But God is calling you higher. Just like that, just like that, like John saw the door in heaven. I'm standing here. This word is the door that is opening up the realm of the spirit to you. You have a choice to make. Make the God choice. Make a choice to honor people. Regardless whether they earn it or don't earn it. Whether they're worth it or they're not worth it. Be an honorable person. Why? It's because God honors you. So we bless you, we love you, and we declare long life upon you. And we just, we just release the, the, the glory of God. Release right, right now. Every person's eyes are beginning to open to the realm of the Spirit. Not just to see angels and what is happening in heaven, but to see the value, the culture of heaven. Look, read your scripture, read the word, looking for values that you can apply in your life this week. So this week, you're going to have a super value week. Not a super discounted week, but a super value week where you will see heaven adding value to your life. I bless you, Kelsey, and I love you, and we will see you next week. Amen.